Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome in to Vern's Hot Stove. Blind into right center field for a hit. Merrifield's going to try to score. A good throw home could get him. Then the throw is not in time. Every Thursday night starting at 6, taking you all the way up to opening day at the K. Ryder is lifted to shallow center and back to make a great catch, Nicky Lopez. Live from Surprise, Arizona, here's Royals insider Josh Furnier. We're on a road game today. We're live from Ho-Ho-Cam Stadium in Mesa, Arizona. Welcome in the final edition of Vern's Hot Stove for at least this offseason. Next Thursday, as you know, I'll be talking to you from Kauffman Stadium preparing for Zach Greinke squaring off with Shane Bieber in game one of 162. Coming up in just a moment, I had a conversation with Royals President Dayton Moore earlier this morning. We'll bring you that in its entirety. But first, I want to give you a little bit of background before we dive into that conversation I had with the former general manager. First of all, one thing that has been brought to my attention that you really need to allow uh, allow it to wash over you is I mentioned Zach Greinke. Go back to 2006. Zach Greinke walking away from the game, dealing with social anxiety, uh, depression, feeling lost. The Royals allow him to, uh, well, allow him. He leaves the game. He walks away from the game of baseball, unsure if he'll return, but the Royals stay with him as an organization. Now, all these years later, I think the character, the people that make up this Royals front office has been well documented. But in 2006, it's anything but. This is, uh, sure, a nice background coming from Atlanta, but what have you done for me in Kansas City? Not much. We need winners. Uh, We need wins. But the investment that this organization made in Zach Greinke, sticking with him, allowing him to take his time before coming back, utilizing him out of the bullpen, and allowing him to grow not only as a ball player, but also as a... A young man into a professional baseball player. Uh, That time, that patience, that stick-to-itiveness, that compassion from this organization. Think about all that it has spawned. Uh, 2009 Cy Young, and I know many of you, that was your first real good memory at Kauffman Stadium, was going out there to see Zach Greinke during that campaign of 2009. Zach Greinke then turns into Lorenzo Kane and Jake Odorizzi and Alcides Escobar. You know the story with Kane and Eski. Both of them winning ALCS MVP. Jake Odorizzi teams up with Will Myers and helps bring Wade Davis and James Shields to Kansas City. James Shields was the spark to that clubhouse teaching them how to win. Wade Davis on the bump when they secured their second title in 2015. Zach Greinke now returns and is making the investment in these young arms, in Brady Singer and Chris Bubich and Brad Keller and Jonathan Heasley and Daniel Lynch and Foster Griffin, and I can go on and on. You know the names. 
Mike Sweeney told us on the show a few weeks ago, we're not going to know the true impact of Zach Greinke for another six years until we see what these young arms become and how much of that they attribute to the tutelage of the future Hall of Famer Zach Greinke. So all because of that compassion and that patience shown back in 2016, think about the fruits that that uh, and those decisions from those men and women at the top of this Royals organization. Think about all the, the fruit that we have seen from said compassion, said patience. Speaking of Zach Greinke, before we get to Dayton Moore, many of you may have laughed at me, understandably so, but in Zach Greinke's introductory press conference, near in the end, or I guess at the end, I asked him if this signing returning to Kansas City all but sews up a KC emblem on his hat when he's inducted into Cooperstown. And because Zach Greinke has been around the game and remains uh, humble, uh, doesn't really want to talk about himself all that much, or definitely doesn't want to look back at his career, he ended the press conference, stand up and stood up and walked out. So know that because that moment will come up in my conversation with Dayton Moore. One other moment, and this hit me yesterday when Mike Matheny made the announcement that Zach Greinke would indeed be the opening day starter next Thursday afternoon. Now, I'm a baseball nerd, I can admit that. Um, many of you that were around for 14 and 15, I don't know if this same moment hits you in, in, in the same fashion, but... Right before first pitch, the third baseman normally tosses the ball to the pitcher. Right? Uh, right, the, ca the catcher gets the final pitch, the final warm-up pitch. He goes down to second base. The infield goes around the horn. It ends up at third base, and he flips it to the pitcher, and we get this game started. I used to always love watching the encouraging eyes of Mike Moustakas, the way that he would look at Giordano Ventura, the way that he would look at Danny Duffy. It was different than the way that he looked at every other starting pitcher. It was very big brother-ish the way that Moose would encourage this young righty in Ventura, lefty in, in Danny Duffy. Always chomping that gum, sweating bullets, even though the game hasn't started. Moose was just ready to get dirty on the baseball diamond, right? So with Zach Greinke being announced as the opening day starter, man, I can't wait to see that final warm-up pitch. It hit the glove of Salvador Perez and him throw a bullet down to second base. Watch Nicky and Mondi throw it over to Bobby Witt Jr., the 21-year-old who in this time next week will be making, in my opinion, I know it's not official, but the dude's going to be there making his big league debut. He'll grab that ball and throw it to a man 17 years his senior, Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke, who represents the early 2000s. Salvador Perez, who represents the championship of 14 and 15. And of course, Bobby Witt Jr., who represents the next championship, hopefully forthcoming in this decade. So with a little bit of background, let's get to my conversation earlier today with the president of baseball operations of your Kansas City Royals at Staten Moore. A dominating bullpen, great base running, and even better defense helped lead your team to a pair of pennants in 14 and 15. I'm wondering what you feel, uh, what facet do you feel like this team has an edge over its competition? Well, I think Vern, I think that's that's um, that's a great observation, and I think that you know what we've learned uh, in baseball uh, over 162 games, you got to win in multiple ways, and uh, at times you're 
you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to win with really spectacular defense. You're going to have to make plays. You're always going to have to be consistent. Catchers are going to have to block balls in the dirt. Pitchers are going to have to execute pitches. Uh, certainly, you're going to have to hit the ball at the ballpark at times, and you're going to be able to you got to be able to string together hits. And then, uh, as we all know, that uh, how important it is to match up the last third of a baseball game because it just seems like more and more that uh, games are won and lost uh, at that you know phase of the game. And so. Um, I think it's it's really important that uh, you know we we put together this team that can win in multiple ways, and I think we're we're getting closer. Does it feel like seven eight years since those pennants? Feels like a long time ago. Um, you know, if I if I can be really honest, and um, just because there's uh, you know you get caught up so much as you should and focus on the day to day work and, and the future of the organization. You don't uh, oftentimes spend time reflecting. I think it's it's good to always analyze what went right and what went wrong in the past. Uh, but only um, you know in our game, it just moves by so quickly each and every day. And um, but again, I I'm really looking forward to watching you know this group of players play. We're going to have some really spectacular athletes on the field, guys that really know how to play baseball. And like anything else, like any other team, I mean, it's going to be predicated on consistent pitching. And, um, you know, we'll, we're going to have to make sure that we take a step forward in that department. Your love for baseball is well documented, um, but you're a competitor deep down. Um, since 2017, as, when, when the rebuild started in 18, how, how trying have these years been for you? Well, I mean, you got to keep it in perspective, Vern. I mean, the fact that uh, you wake up every day, you get to work in baseball, something you love to do, um, that's where it all begins. And um, with that type of perspective, um, you know, it gives you a healthy outcome, healthy viewpoint, rather. Um, I, I get to work with an amazing group of uh, people in this organization and, uh, and, and work in, a, in a, an amazing community. Uh, people that uh, absolutely love sports, love baseball, understand the challenges of a small market in the game of baseball. And, you know, baseball is different from other sports. I mean, it just is. I mean, there's, a, there's economic challenges. We don't make excuses for it. But, you know, we, we don't fight those either, right? We focus on exactly what we can do, um, developing young players and um, the next generation of players. I mean, that's what is so fun and rewarding about what we get to do. You know, when we knew that that previous group had moved on through free agency and, and reaped some of the financial rewards that this game has to offer, we celebrate that but we also embrace the fact that hey man we get to we get to raise a next generation of players the next group of, of people that uh, are going to represent the Kansas City Royals in this game and in our community and I I think we're on the verge of, of, um, of doing just that pleased to be joined by Royals president Dayton Moore here on 610 sports radio Zach Grinke announced as the opening day starter yesterday Salvi behind the dish we'll see if it is Bobby Witt jr. at third we'll be celebrating Art Stewart in front of the first opening day, packed house in, in three years. What emotions run through you when you envision next Thursday? Well, it's it's going to be a special day. Um, opening day is always a special day. It's a celebration of, of, of our game, the history of our game, the future of our game. Uh, and, um, you know, there's no, no better day on the calendar, you know, for me in the, in the game of baseball is, is opening day. I mean, we all share in the expectations, the hope, the excitement, and the dreams of a, of a, of a new season. 
And uh, but to mention, you know, those guys that, that you mentioned, I mean, um, you know, Zach Grinke coming back to Kansas City really is one of the special honors um, that I think I've ever felt uh, in this game and um, just so proud of him and who he is and, and what he's about and then get a chance to watch Salvador Perez his entire career thus far. Somebody that makes the game look so fun and, and uh, I just I, I just adore him as a person and as a player. And then, you know, a guy like Bobby Wood Jr., who I think represents um, so much um, that's good about our game as well. And uh, we all recognize the athleticism, the baseball ability, but he's a very humble person. He cares deeply about his teammates. He cares about the game. Um, and that's, that's, what, that's what makes it, it rewarding, right? And I've been a part of, you know, things in the past where, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, well, the perception of what it is uh, is different than what it truly is. And, um, you know, those guys that you mentioned are are real transparent. I mean, Zach Grinke has been very open about his challenges in life, and Salvador Perez is transparent, and Bobby Witt Jr. is. And, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of who they are as individuals. If I could stay with Zach for a moment uh, to – to think about the ripple effect of how you and your front office handled 2006 with him from the Cy Young season of 09, the trade of Kane and Eski and Rizzi, which led to Shields and Wade Davis, and now the impact that he's likely to make on this current group moving forward. Um, boy, that has to fill you with a lot of pride. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It really is. Um, credit goes to Zach, who he is, um, his family, um, his teammates. Uh, truly, um, I, I, I would be wrong. We would be wrong to take any credit at all because we're, our job is to make sure the environment's healthy so players can go out and play. Uh, game's very hard, as we all know, and we, we don't need any drama. We don't need distractions. Um, we try to stay out of the, the way of these genetically gifted athletes, make sure we support uh, our, our coaching staff, our support staff, so they can utilize their expertise to, to help players and then let players go play. And um, But it is uh, it's very rewarding to see um, – you know what? Uh, what he's what Zach Grinke's accomplished uh, on the field, off the field, and I'm more proud of him really because um, um, to to raise a family in this game is extra challenging, and um, you know the fact that he's got a a beautiful family uh, is um, you know it's that that's what it's all about. It's better than any ring. It's better than any championship. No question, Zach deserves the credit, uh, but just my opinion. I don't know how many organizations stick with the young man the way that you guys have. Um, but but over the 16 years since, did you ever, even in private moments, second guess your approach, an approach that, in my opinion, is what most professional organizations preach, the prioritizing people over relationships, viewing players as young men and not solely assets. Did you ever have a moment where you wondered if um, – the character that this organization showcases is the best way to get ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, you wonder all the time, um, especially when you you go through those moments where, you know, we know as an organization we've sacrificed and we've, we've given everything we have. And sometimes, you know, um, it's clear that certain individuals uh, don't appreciate that, but that's okay. Uh, and I've learned to give that away in advance. Just are you are you are you putting forth the effort, 
are you sacrificing self for the good of others because you want credit or because you want somebody to say, hey, you know, they, they did a great job. They went above and beyond for somebody. That's not why you do it. I've learned that that's, that's not now. Um, as a human being, sometimes you think like that, but that's the wrong way to think. That's the wrong way to approach it. I mean, you simply have to um, put forth, um, you know, the type of effort for the good of everybody else. And you've got to put the needs and wants of others uh, ahead of your own needs and wants and desires. And when you can figure out how to do that, there's, Josh, I can't tell you how much freedom there is in that. There just is. I mean, and so you just give it away every single day knowing that, you know what, some people may appreciate it, they may not, but you just do the right thing. I, know, I appreciate it. Uh, for all the talk about Zach's leadership and experience, you know, this is still a bottom line business. He's paid to produce. Is the expectation for him to improve on what he did last season in Houston, be more of that all-star we saw in 2019? I think Zach is, is uh, one of those rare athletes that's uh, capable of just continuing to get better and better. I mean, we, we all know that father time always wins. Um, you know, your, your body doesn't respond and recover the way it did. It doesn't fire the way it did when you know, you're 25 and 30 years old. I mean, um, but I, I do know that um, Zach works extremely hard off the field. He's very smart on the field. And that's why um, he's pitched as long as he has. He takes care of himself and he's smart on the field and he, he knows how to prepare. He's extremely intelligent. He does a lot of things to help a baseball team win from the pitching standpoint, you know, being able to field his position and hold runners and just make pitching an art form. And uh, that being said, when you can utilize your creativity and your instincts and you combine that with intellect and data and uh, you rely on both, uh, it can really prepare you uh, and put you in an elite position in your career. And Zach Grinke's done that. And, of course, he stayed healthy, and that's a big part of it too. Dayton Moore, just a few more minutes here on 610 Sports Radio. Now, you always say view the game through the eyes of your youth. Uh, I did that in the first press conference with Zach Greinke when I asked him about the, the Hall of Fame cap and if he was going to wear the KC logo. So um, I'm blaming you for no, that. Oh, that's good. I, I, th- I, think, I think that's good. I mean, that's um, um, I would be less than honest if I didn't tell you that, you know, we talk about that stuff too, right? I'm glad you asked the question. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I think um, Zach um, understands that you've got to stay humble in this game. And just because you've had success yesterday or today, it doesn't guarantee success tomorrow. And uh, we all know that. Um, and that's with all aspects of life. You've got to work at it and you've got to renew it every single day uh, if you want to continue to have success. And, um, you know, Zach, Zach completely understands that. Along those same lines, viewing the game through your youth, I was doing just that last night. Um, from those pennant-winning teams, I always loved uh, the moment before first pitch, Moose chomping gum, would kind of flip the ball, especially with a Jordano or a Danny Duffy. The look he would give them uh, has me excited for opening day and the idea of a possibly a 21-year-old flipping the ball to a 38-year-old on the bump and three eras of Royals baseball with Salvi behind the dish. So uh, I've been heeding your advice, and it's made so nice. I'm glad, I'm glad we have people that think like you. Um, 
and you know bring that uh, to the spotlight because that is pretty neat and that's something I hadn't thought of um, but uh, I will definitely appreciate that uh, when I see it yeah. uh, well I, I do want to ask one other Bobby Witt Jr. question we all know the uh, landscape of Major League Baseball and when a talent like that comes along we're seeing a lot of them uh, pounced on by the front office uh, the 10, 11, 12-year contracts being doled out. Uh, how would you describe the team's desire to lock out Bobby Witt Jr.? Well, you know what I'm going to say, and I've been consistent with this, because uh, this is how I really, this is how I feel. Um, it's how I've always felt. Um, we will do everything we can, always, uh, to keep our very best, our most talented players here as long as possible. And it's a two-way street. They, they've got to want to be here as well. Um, especially those players that play the game the right way, represent the integrity of the game, uh, what we expect uh, of players in our community, how we expect them to, uh, to operate and, and build people up in this community and uh, continue to model the character traits that I think are so important for sport and for the Kansas City community. And, um, and we'll do everything we can to keep all those, you know, those, those talented players here as long as we can, as long as they represent the values and the abilities that we believe win championships. And, um, you know, so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a question that we'll get asked and continue to get asked. And, and we'll always do our best to, to make sure we keep as many, many talented players here as we can. Similar thought, but with a guy that's already on the big league roster and Andrew Benatendi, he said he's more than open to talk about an extension, whether it's now or throughout the regular season. Is that reciprocated by the front office? Well, I mean, a lot of those things, you know, Vern, it's just um, probably isn't healthy for us to discuss in public. Um, but again, we're, we're, we're very glad that uh, Benny's here. Um, he's, a, he's a very skilled baseball player. He's a professional hitter. Um, when when we win this year, Benny's going to be a big part of that, and um, you know we'll we'll continue to evaluate you know those potential opportunities to to keep those talented players here as long as we can. Now maybe this is just me uh, getting older and just being amazed at how young all of these players are, but do you feel like this is the most talent uh, that this organization has had top to bottom right now? Yeah, I would say so. I would say we're, we, we have um, talent and talent in the right places. Um, but we've got to, we've got to um, evolve into per, you know, consistent producing major league players. And, um, and, and we've got to continue to become a team and united uh, as a team. And, um, and so that's, uh, that's something that uh, the players are responsible for. And um, they'll, we've got to trust the coaching staff and the players together uh, to find that, net, that, that chemistry um, and that winning formula that uh, is going to get us back to where we, we desire to be. Royals President Dayton Moore, one final question. I told you I ended Zach Granke's press conference by being presumptuous. I'll do the same thing with you and read a quote from a – Scouting director in the American League, courtesy of Baseball America. Quote, I think there is a chance that Dayton Moore is the best leader of people in baseball. Just the way his people talk about him, the things he does for his people, the loyalty that he engenders. I think there's a real chance Dayton Moore is the best person to work for in the sport. How does that hit the ears? 
Well, that's that's humbling. Um, you know, the only thing I would say is, um, uh, you know, it's I've had great mentors. I've learned from a lot of people. Um, yeah, we love baseball, but we love people more than that, and we love our players more than that, more than the game, and uh, we love our community. And when you love something as as much as we do, um, you want to do everything you can to to protect it and, and see it do well, and that's that's our heart. Dayton, thank you. Okay, thanks. Okay. You're listening to Vern's Hot Stove, Thursday night starting at 6 and available on demand on the Odyssey app, 610 Sports Radio. Vern's Hot Stove live from Hohokam Stadium in Mesa, Arizona, where the Royals knocked off Oakland 5-4. Back at it tomorrow night and back on 610 Sports Radio and 840 first pitch from Surprise Stadium. Jay Binkley will get you ready for that game tomorrow night. Jay Binkley coming your way at 7 o'clock alongside Chris Unocero. Still ahead, I want to go into uh, a little bit more detail about my theme for the season. You can roll your eyes if you're tired of it. I like doing it, so I'm doing it. Uh, my theme to the season and another one of my favorite off-season go-to segments, my X, Y, and Z. If these three things go right in 2022, your boys in blue will be in position for the postseason. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment, but there was uh, some news today. Well, news yesterday, Zach Greinke named opening day starter by manager Mike Matheny. Uh, but the news this morning was about the aforementioned Mike Matheny. Royals earlier today uh, picked up the option for 2023 on Mike Matheny's contract, so he's not going to be, quote-unquote, lame duck this season. He's still under contract this year and next year. Here's what Mike Matheny had to say. Congratulations on the uh, contract, the option being exercised. I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. Yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier. Um, Told Dayton, Mr. Sherman, just how grateful. Uh, no place I'd rather be than here. Just uh, in the middle of something really special. Special group of players, special organization. Um, just the vision. Uh, everything is, is right, right on. And um, just couldn't be happier to be um, in the spot where they have the confidence in me moving forward in this position. Is there um, significance for you just the do it now as opposed to after the season when you have some, you know, um, clearly it didn't have to get necessarily get done right at this point. Yeah, that's not something um, that I really put a whole lot of thought to and uh, when it was brought to my attention. You know, you, I did the same thing as a player. I just wanted to go play. Um, but when what you do is acknowledged and, um, and it's appreciated and uh, you know, it speaks volumes when they come out and say, okay, uh, we appreciate what you've done. We like the way things are moving. Now let's try and figure out how to just keep this going forward. Um, when you put away the whole, all right, just going to put my head down and go, you get to the reality of, you know, that's just a, a great compliment and something that um, I'm proud of and uh, very, very grateful for. How do you view the, the vision of the organization moving forward? It seems like, I mean, you guys have steadily increased since you took over. Um, how much are you looking forward to what's going to happen these next few years? Yeah, I mean, that's the very first conversation we had in this clubhouse is 
is the expectation in our mind. And it's championships, and, and that's a plural. And how do we um, continue to build on things that we're watching? We had just a great ceremony this morning with honoring all the minor league players and the championships that happened there. And just that I truly believe that winning's a habit. And uh, you just kind of begin to have that level of expectation. And when you start getting players that buy into that, that have tasted it, whether it's in the minor leagues or in the major league level, um, you realize that it's uh, extremely special. But you also realize as you look around here and you take an honest evaluation of where we are, uh, this is all right in front of us right now. It's not some building for some brighter future. It's let's go. It's time. And we're here. And it's uh, it's unique and uh, something that uh, these guys all, they smell it. And to be right in the middle of that is, uh, there's no better place I'd want to be. But, uh, obviously, your focus is on going forward. But I'm just thinking, you know, especially with this coming right now, the first two seasons, how would you characterize, I mean, just, I mean, between whether it's the, the you know, disjointedness with the pandemic and, and all that sort of stuff, or just the fact that you guys have really had a lot of guys transition to the big leagues during your time here in these last two seasons too. I guess how would you characterize the, the tenure so far? Yeah, we, we've had um, we've had some really bright spots. Uh, you know, it comes down, we all know what uh, what the end game is and how we are, we're evaluated. It's wins and losses and um, it's being able to to uh, pop champagne at the end of a season. It's being able to put the kind of product out there that uh, our fan base appreciates. Uh, and a lot of those things we've been able to do outside of popping that champagne and figuring out um, how to make that next step into uh, November or late October um, and have that ce celebration in November. I mean, those are things that are always in front of us, but I think we're there's been some significant steps. We've seen a lot of these young players take that next step. We've watched some of our veteran players continue to get better. So it's it's improvement and growth, um, but it comes down to you know that thing that's always hanging there. Uh, we got one eye on constantly getting better, and the other eye on um, on a championship. And that's that's why we show up. Plans for tomorrow morning or just the uh, the night game? Uh, yeah, just the night game. All right, there you go. Yep, that's uh, Mike Matheny earlier today talking about his contract option for 2023 being picked up by the organization. Thanks to Annie Rogers of MLB.com and Lynn Worthy of the Kansas City Star asking the questions during that morning scrum with the skipper. Uh, well, yesterday, as I mentioned, the skipper announced what we all knew uh no not not bobby witt jr yes we all know bobby witt jr is going to be on the opening day roster but that is not official yet likely won't be official until to be quite honest with you uh what thursday morning yeah the, the morning of the opener is what i think you'll know that bobby is on the 40-man roster no what he said was zach Granke is your opening day starter and uh, because Andy and Lynn did such a great job asking questions to Mike Matheny, I said, all right, I'll start things off with Zach Granke. Here's our conversation with our opening day starter. Yeah, I don't need these bad boys anymore. We all set? Yep. Zach, what was your reaction to finding out you were the guy? Uh... Probably the same as my reaction right now. What do you remember about your first opening day start with the Royals back in 2010? Mm, 
not really too much. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if I did good or not that game or who it was against. Uh, I think I've done it like two other times, maybe three other times. And some of them bad, so hopefully it goes better this time. The first one was against the Tigers and Verlander. And Detroit or Kansas City? KC. Kendall was behind the play. Yeah, Kendall was good. Does it mean, does the opening day start mean more, do you think, across baseball, or is it just another start? Uh, uh, I don't know about, like, each individual person's thoughts. Um, I mean, it's probably a li little bit different than a normal start, but not too much. Your first start's always, like, a little bit different, whether it's the first game, second game, third game, tenth game. Your, your first outing is uh, different than most of them. The distractions or all the pomp and circumstance prior to the game. Um, your experience on opening day, I would assume, helps prepare? Uh, the distractions are easier open day because then you don't have to deal with them. You just get ready to pitch. Mm -hmm. And when you're watching the game, you have to do all the stuff they ask you to do. Um, but if you're starting, you just do your normal starting stuff. So. I think he said that he told you even before uh, you, you signed uh, that, that this would be your role uh, to lead the staff. Is that kind of how you see it? Uh, I don't know. There's just like words. I don't really know how people think about that stuff. Um, I knew sometime that whenever my schedule was lined up that if things went good, I, it was set up to go the first game. Um, so far, things have gone smooth. So that's uh, that's about as far as I know. And usually there's like something happens where you get messed up a little bit in spring training. But uh, so far this time it hasn't happened. It's been going pretty good. You said, you know, so the first start is always, you know, maybe a little more, there's a little bit more to it. Um, with this one being your first one back with the Royals, do you think you'll feel anything different going into this one? Uh, maybe. Yeah, it'll probably be a little different, but every time I pitch there's a, a like, a little uh, different than pitching at a, another place. And then same with every time I pitched in Milwaukee, it's been a little different. Um, those are the two places that I feel different when I pitch, pitch at them. Is it different, uh, a good thing? Uh... I don't know. It's just you got memories there. Is kind of what it is, and you have memories from that spot. Yeah. I was gonna say, are there any um, memories that stand out from Coughlin? Or I mean, I'm sure there are, but what are the ones I guess that stand out the most for you from that ballpark? Uh, it's more just like driving in a familiar area, like being by where you live for a couple of years, and the drive to the stadium is like. A, kind of brings back memories kind of like when I go back home to Orlando when I go back to my uh, street where I grew up and stuff like it just kind of has a different feel to it like home uh, I mean that's a little too much yeah it's a little <laughs> too sentimental right there but. <laughs> my bad have you thought about what the fan reaction will be to, to you coming back I mean people are excited just from what we've been hearing yeah I mean I'm excited to be back and uh main goal 
for me though is focusing on pitching and helping helping the team and that's that's the main uh, concentration at the moment terrific Thank you. you. That is uh, Zach Greinke, your opening day starter. Spoke with him earlier today. Now, I know people always want to go, oh, he's so monotone. He doesn't. If you listen to what he's saying, the guy is uh, nine times out of ten. He's telling you the truth. If you can read between, uh, you know, maybe the the tone, the what it what appears to be a, a dismissive tone it's it's anything but in in my opinion it's anything but if you can get past that and just hear the words that he's saying again the guy knows more about pitching in baseball than than all of us right now uh combined it, it it's been a joy uh, to to be around him to watch him and most certainly uh to learn from him Take a quick time out. I'll give you that X, Y, and Z in the theme of 2022 after this. This is Burns Hot Stove. Thursday night starting at 6 on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City. 610 Sports Radio. Burns Hot Stove, the final segment of the final show of this hot stove season. We're live in Mesa, Arizona, where the Royals knocked off the Oakland Athletics 5-4 earlier this afternoon. Royals back on the air tomorrow, Friday night, 8.40 on 610 Sports Radio. Opening day less than one week away. All right, I better get it, better get to it. We all know how long-winded I can be. There's two things I want to get to. We'll get to the, uh, the, the theme of 2022 momentarily, but uh, a long time ago, a, a very wise sports radio baseball friend of mine said there's there's always three guys there's always an x y and z if if those three players can meet or slightly exceed expectations the ball club has a chance to play in october so i've done it every year since coming to kansas city my x y and z for 2022 a name that i'm pretty sure has been x y and or z uh, every season since uh, 2017. Keeping in mind, they've never made the playoffs in those years. Uh, Adalberto Mondesi is once again uh, X. If he's able to meet the expectations uh, or exceed the expectations, and I'm talking about realistic expectations, not, well, you can only count on him for 75 games. And I'm not doing that. I'm looking at him like a... Uh, big league shortstop. Um, give me a, a hundred and thirty games, a hundred and twenty games. Uh, be the defender, the base runner, and the uh, threat on both sides of the plate that I know you're capable of being. Do that. Couple that with Daniel Lynch and Carlos Hernandez. Now there are a lot of options. This took me about as long as it ever has to figure out who X, Y, and Z are for this season. Um, you know, but but. But, Salvi, I feel pretty confident that you're going to get all-star caliber play from Salvador Perez. Now, there are question marks all over this team, no doubt. But uh, Whit Merrifield, Bobby Witt Jr., Zach Greinke, Brad Keller, the bullpen, Andrew Benatendi, I have a, I feel like I have a rough idea of what I'm going to get from those guys. Mondesi, Lynch, and Hernandez, I think they have uh, real power to swing the pendulum one way or the other for the 2022 Royals. Uh, Daniel Lynch, uh, to me, um, 
whether it's uh, body type, obviously coming from the left side, and the array of pitches might have the most upside of any pitcher in this organization. Uh, Carlos Hernandez, the only reason I say it's not him is because he's right-handed, but Carlos Hernandez can throw 100 miles per hour and break off a couple of nasty breaking balls. So Hernandez, Lynch, and Mondesi, if those guys are able to meet my expectations or slightly exceed my expectations, I think the Royals have a chance to get to the playoffs in 2022. Now, my theme for the season, and I've been doing this since 2013, my uh, first season where I was uh, lucky enough to sit in this chair, the introduction of 2013. I've always named the, the, the campaigns. You know, 2014 was the roller coaster, and, and boy, was it ever. 2015, I thought it was going to be a fight. Everyone coming for the Royals, and it certainly was a fight. Uh, fought everybody that year. 2016, I called it the the, the high wire uh, because it was going to be a very slow and steady walk. Everyone trying to knock you off that high wire and one gust of wind, uh, one injury could indeed knock that team off that high wire. And it did with Lorenzo Cain and Wade Davis getting banged up near the end of that campaign. That, that's what caught I – mean, I think the Royals make the playoffs in 2016 if not for Kane and Davis limping to the end. 2017 was the senior season. We all knew that Hosmer and Moose and Eski and Kane were likely to leave at the end of the season. But instead of worrying about the end of the season, the Royals needed to take advantage of that first semester of the season, senior season. you got to get those grades right early on to make sure that the end, the final semester, means something. And – Royals uh, did not capitalize in April and May and were unable to make up for it later on in the season. So then they leave in 2018 as the test. It tested all of us, our, our fandom, our ability to host a radio show, uh, your, your, your willingness to come out to the ballpark because it was rough times. Now, 2019, I, I wasn't here. I was, uh, I was somewhere else in a different life. We call that the, the lost season. But I returned in 2020 and named that 20 campaign the lifeboat not because i was back certainly not because i was back but because i thought the energy that mike matheny brought to the clubhouse not to mention the the debuts of that young pitching class from 2018 was going to breathe new life in that clubhouse which i thought was sinking uh, where things were headed in 2019 i know mondesi and dozier had great campaigns but there was too much I hate to say acceptance, uh, but losing was very normal. That couldn't persist. The young pitching and Mike Matheny, I thought, were uh, lifeboats for that Royals organization, which brings us to 2021. I called it the step forward. They won in 2021. They took slight steps forward. We could go player by player. We could go team by team. We could could go uh, pitcher by pitcher. We could talk about the clubhouse. The expectation inside that clubhouse most certainly took a step forward, which, which brings us to 2022 and what I'm calling the river card. Now, anybody that plays Texas Hold'em, uh, you have the the flop, right? Now, that's 2020. Now, if you've played Texas Hold'em, you get those first three cards, you get the flop, and you're, you can convince yourself you got a good hand. Even if the cards you're holding, the two cards you're holding are telling you with all their might, 
throw them in. You have a loser. You can convince yourself, no, no, no. Let's see the let's see the final, let's see the final two cards. I, I think I'm going to hang on to these. Uh, the do seven offset. Okay. Then you get to the turn, 2021, the step forward. Okay, you, you like a few things here. Oh, Nicky Lopez, okay. Yeah, Daniel Lynch and Carlos Hernandez, okay. But then there's a few, a, few, a few aspects of those four cards that are now on the table that you don't like so much. You're starting to get a little bit worried about that two that you're hanging on to because Dozier and Mondesi, and boy, Keller seemed to take a step back. You're still not sure. Do I have a good hand? And do I have a bad hand? Do I have a winning hand? Do I have a losing hand? Well, the river card's the final card. And there's no debating one way or the other after all five cards are out there on the table. You know whether or not you're holding a winning hand or a losing hand. And, uh, again, some of you could say, and I, I think you could make an argument that it's premature especially when a guy like Bobby Witt Jr. is going to make his big league debut. Nick Prado and MJ Melendez likely to make their big, de- big league debuts over the course of the next six months. I understand, especially with the way that the front office talks about those three bats, the kind of difference making bats this team uh, seldom has. This organization uh, seldom deploys the kind of bats of Melendez, Prado, and Bobby Witt Jr. So I understand. But come the end of 2022, when you're talking about this young pitching class of 2018 uh, singer lynch bubich Kowar, heasley you want to throw angel zerpa in there you want to put brad keller in that mix go right ahead after these 162 games it's going to be hard to convince me that what i've watched from any one of those pitchers isn't telling of what their role is going to be moving forward Mondesi, Dozier, Lopez, Merrifield, Benatendi, Taylor. We could go around the diamond. O'Hearn, Olivares. These are the kind of guys that after this 162-game campaign, man, I, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to dispute the evidence that we now have on Mondesi, on Dozier, on Merrifield, on Lopez, and the rest. So I think at the end of this 2022 season, good or bad, We'll know if we have a winning hand or a losing hand. So you'll hear me bring that up way too much in the month of April. And then it'll likely die down because we'll all be just riding the wave of the Rookie of the Year campaign for Bobby Witt Jr. And the rebirth of Zach Greinke in Kansas City. If you missed any of our conversation with Dayton Moore, you can find it on the Odyssey app. And don't forget, Royals baseball comes your way tomorrow night, 840, right here on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up next, Jay Binkley, Bink at night, Chris Unocero, Julio Sanchez. They're all coming up after this. Julio, thanks for the help. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'll talk to you from Kauffman Stadium next Thursday. Take care, Kansas City. You're listening to Vern's Hot Stove. Thursday night starting at 6 and available on demand on the Odyssey app. 610 Sports Radio. Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.